Good morning, good evening, across the nation, around the cinematic globe. This is Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. My name is the cinematologist, or Jake, to some very close friends. She's a different generation than us. She's, She's right not a different generation. Yes, yeah, she is. She's four years younger than us. I mean. Okay, but people who are like four years older than us, about like fucking 50 years old. It's like blatantly not Your true. sister? My sister just sucks. Okay, but like, on top of that... She didn't have Twitter in middle school, and we did. That made us different. And today I have an interesting film that we're going to discuss. One I didn't plan on doing right away, but you know my affinity for the Redbox. So I ran over there and I had a smorgasbord of Redbox movies to take home. And this one is 8th grade, an A24 release from director and former YouTube sensation, Bo Burnham. Yeah, it's actually really funny. I remember watching Bo back in my high school days. He's a couple years older than I am, and he's from the same neck of the woods as myself and Lowrez. So it's actually kind of cool to see a young guy from our neck of the woods really have this trajectory that I didn't even think was imaginable. Honestly, I, I thought the guy, his YouTube stuff early on was funny for a 16, 17-year-old kid, or however old he was at the, uh, he was at the time, but... I didn't see it panning out like this, really. I know he had a stand-up career down the road. I didn't find him all that funny. thought he was kind of a one-off fad kind of character that was going to disappear into obscurity after a few years. But with all due respect, honestly, I, I understand his journey. And hey, he did some good things for YouTube. He did some good things for viral video makers and content creators on the internet. So... 28-year-old Bo Burnham deserves some credit just in that regard, but I gotta give him props where it's due, in that he's come this far, that fast. I mean, there's not a lot of 28-year-old filmmakers out there that are getting major releases like this, let alone guys that have come from his circumstances, being kind of this one-note, jokey comedian with a crappy keyboard on YouTube in his parents' attic or something like that, and then... Then culminating with this, with 8th grade, an A24 release, like everybody knows, A24 is one of those studios where our ears always perk up because they have this kind of pervasive and subversive style of filmmaking that is always just fun and interesting to see what they do, different stylistically, thematically, they always seem to be ahead of the pack, but I've said my piece on them. And 8th grade came out in January, I think, for the premiere but in July of this year, 2018, to theaters and wide audiences, and it got massive praise across the board. 99% on Rotten Tomatoes, I believe, which, again, Lorez and I, we don't really like to quantify the gauge of the audience with that, because I don't think that really captures the consumer angle, but also the cinephile angle. And I, honestly, to be fair, I don't know much about Bo Burnham's cinematic tastes and about how much he really appreciates and understands the art of filmmaking. But again, I got, I got to give him props where it's due. I didn't think he would amount to this. And at such a young age, this could be encouraging for content creators, even on YouTube, and just young filmmakers in general moving forward. I know myself, being a filmmaker, this this is definitely something of slight inspiration to see somebody really who I would have been in high school with at the same time uh, achieve this through a very non-conventional or unconventional means. 
So with that said, eighth grade is exactly what it's made out to be. Eighth grade is about this 13, 14 year old girl named Kayla who makes vlogs in her bedroom on YouTube as a sort of way to get out of her own personal shell that she experiences at school, in middle school. And it's the last week of eighth grade for her, and all this social anxiety is setting in and what kind of person she's going to grow up to be. And yeah, this has gotten a heap of praise. There's a lot to appreciate about it. But if you want me to give you my knee-jerk kind of reaction to it, I think it's really without any merit. I don't see a lot of substance to this movie that I think warrants the overwhelming praise that it's gotten. I think Burnham does a couple things well here that may be promising down the road in his career if he continues to blossom as a filmmaker and as a director. He also wrote this film. So it's definitely a personal story in one sense because you can pick up on the kind of idiosyncrasies in this film that would only be of a millennial filmmaker who went to middle school and high school in the early to mid-aughts, like he did, I did, Lorez did, or not Hans, because he's like 48, but anyway, why don't we dissect this a little bit, and we'll get into it, but you know what, this actually did, for me, I gotta admit, bring back a little bit of nostalgia in that sense, and I hate when movies evoke nostalgia, but this is one that actually begs for it a little more organically. And that being, it takes you back to those socially stressful or awkward times in your adolescence when you were starting to get pimples all over your face. You might have been a little heavier than you would have liked to be. I know I was. So (laughs) it just brings back a lot of those memories of social anxiety, of really trying to find out who you're going to be in the next life, the next life being high school. And we experience it vicariously once more through this young girl, Kayla. But I gotta say, for me, I don't know, it wasn't all that bad. I I know I probably had the same kind of angst as any other 13, 14-year-old kid that was exiting 8th grade and going into high school. But at the same time, I was just so socially stupid that I didn't even care. I I had a few friends, a couple good friends, and uh, I I was just able to lose myself in whatever I was doing at the time, whether it was after-school activities like baseball or something in that vein, or just my love for watching movies and for trying to make movies at such a young age and trying to be ahead of the pack and understand film language. Yeah, I was a pretentious little twat when I was 13, too. I mean, could you believe it? But anyway, all these years later, I look back on it, and it is funny to see these kinds of things in this film because it's something that we can all relate to. And I know that many of you, especially you that have grown up in America, such as I or Lorez, you guys know the kinds of social conventions you go through via the school system, although I was in the private school system. It was very similar. You don't have to be too spooked about that. And the kind of conversations you get into and when parents start to take you a little bit more seriously, there's a lot that goes on in that window of time. But for us, it was different. Because, admittedly so, things really have changed a lot in the last decade or so. And I I know, I don't want to sound like an old fuddy-duddy when I say that, but it's true. If you're somebody that's in your mid to late 20s now, it's radically different than it was when we were kids or when we were at that stage of our lives. Because a point this film makes is the abundance and the over exuberance of technology being integrated into young people's lives 
and how they use that as kind of a social gauge and how that might not be very healthy for them, but it's also an escape from social anxieties. I think that was something that Burnham touched on a little inadvertently. I think he was trying to make more of a point than he actually illustrated with this because the social media aspect is something that, again, most of us didn't have 10, 15 years ago with the exception of maybe MySpace and AIM, which were primitive in terms of the vastness of the social media landscape today and how even young kids try to present themselves on these social media platforms and and try to develop meaningful relationships. Back then, it was just a toy, really. Uh, Nothing to really quantify yourself by. But it's vaguely explored here, and I think I'm going to mention that as a critique for this film because, point being, again, Burnham touches on these minor things, and you could even argue maybe he touches at them a little subtly, but I don't think he explores the kind of effect and how deeply we are integrated into technology. He he doesn't make a great point there. And there's a lot of films that are doing that today, really dissecting the meanings of social media and, and how our lives are so affected by them and how we kind of gear ourselves around that public image that we put on our social media. But I think Burnham fell short here. He puts some vague images of scrolling, of some mindless looking into the phones. And yes, we all know that. We can all observe it, but I don't think he's really dissecting the fascination and the tool that it provides for a lot of kids here. Though the YouTube angle or the vlog angle that he took with the Kayla character, I think is an obvious parallel to him and it's very personal there. And again, I think that's something that is used more as a narrative tool than really kind of any, really any kind of analysis into how these kids are using these platforms. And you could say, yes, Kayla's using it to break out of her shell, as I had mentioned in the beginning of this review. But at the same time, as the movie moves along, it's really just used as her inner monologue. And I think it's a little too ham-fisted. There's a lot going on here that could be better left unsaid. And there are some scenes where that happens. So... Yeah, I I wouldn't say this is a bad effort per se. I would say it's a good effort. And again, this is something that he can build on, but I don't think it's deserving of all this this praise that it's been getting, like almost 100% approval on the shill sites. But then again, I guess that's why they're shill sites. I think a real point of contention for me was the kind of hipster pseudo-speak that's in Burnham's screenplay. Again, I'm not really aware of too much of his stylistic sensibilities, but based off what I saw from his stand-up, which I saw very few increments of, admittedly, he seems to draw on that wormy kind of pseudo-speak that was in movies like Manchester by the Sea that tries to come off very avant-garde and edgy, but it comes off as more so annoying and stressful for the viewer, and I don't think that's intentional. There are some moments here and there where These kinds of conversations pay off, like with the father character, who actually was genuinely likable in this film, where he's trying to interact with his young daughter, but she's too concerned about her social standing and too buried in her phone and her social media, and he just kind of nods everything off, while still trying to maintain a human and non-technological conversation. I think Burnham used this as a crutch, and he used it as a tool to try to evoke some 
ha-ha type laughs. Doesn't really work for me. I don't find that fun. Again, I don't find it edgy. I don't find it quirky enough because it's been done and it's never been done to a compelling point. It's just always been annoying. This is the kind of stuff that is the flip side from the kind of dialogue of like an Aaron Sorkin type screenplay. Like one I didn't like, The Social Network. Yeah, I didn't like that one mainly because of the kind of calculated style of the talking and the, the just people don't talk like that. And I know it's it's a movie with a character, but and he's played as an eccentric, but I don't find it compelling and I don't find it realistic. I don't find it believable. I don't believe that. Here, it's a different kind of feeling that I'm getting from it. It's not that it's unbelievable, but it, that it's incredibly tedious. And even if it's by design, that doesn't charm me as a viewer. I'm not, I'm not piqued by that kind of, again, what I call hipster pseudo-speak. I think it's filler. I think it's an easy way, again, to evoke the, the shills of the kind of robotic crowd members that think... Anything drawing on that cliche social awkwardness or social anxiety kind of humor that you find on Tumblr or, or on corners of Twitter or Facebook, I think it's funny for them, but I don't think it's genuinely funny. So that's something I definitely did have an issue with. Uh, another thing here was I think there were a bunch of plot lines that came up and they showcased themselves, but they never really resolved. And again, I don't think that's by design. Because Burnham never makes it evident that he's going for uncertainty here. He's he's ending the film, actually, with quite a certain ending. With Caleb being a lot more confident in herself, a lot more optimistic, and just continuing to work on herself, and becoming a better version of herself, hopefully for the end of high school and going into the next phase of her life. It's it's so easy to, to be proud of you. It, I'm not just saying this. Hey, I swear to God, I'm not just saying this. I mean, sure, sometimes if I see you're upset or having a, a rough day, then I, I feel sad. But that kind of being sad, that sort of day-to-day -day sad or worrying that I do, that's not... Kayla, always, beneath all that, I am always just so unbelievably happy that I get to be your dad. And so there's a lot of plot lines there, like one with a friend she makes who's a few years older than her, a confrontation she has with an older boy exploring sexuality, and other stuff like that. And again, they have their highlight moments, and some of them are good, but not compelling and not resolved to the point where this feels like a strong or co cohesive narrative. It more so feels like a clipping of scenes put together in more of a play style or, or just something non-narrative, maybe one-off sketches for a YouTube channel, much like what Burnham was running for a long time. And so that's where I think he falters a bit in this movie. It's not to say that he's incapable, however. If he were incapable, this wouldn't be watchable at all, but... There are watchable moments. There are some likable characters. The Kayla character is actually likable. I think she's relatable for a lot of people that are looking into their past and looking into decisions they made growing up and, in hindsight, what they would have done given the lessons they've learned. But you can put yourself into those situations and say, oh, I remember something just like that. 
I wish I did what she did, or she should have done what I did. And then there are some likable side characters here and there that show that adolescence isn't all just a bunch of a-holes trying to get a rise out of you. I mean, it is sometimes, and I think that was one of the things I actually liked about it here. You have the mean girls, and you have the douchey guys that are trying to act older than they are, even though they're like 13, 14, and they weigh about 75 pounds soaking wet. But they want to put off this image. Yeah, I, I can remember all those things from my time in middle school. But what I like here that's different from the procedural kind of coming of age or even high school style films, we don't have any of those stock bully characters or those stock cruel characters that we've seen in these kind of formative films for the last, what, 40 years. Now, we have assholes in this, and we have absolute terrible <laughs> girls that just treat their classmates horribly, but it's only one small fraction of the social sphere or social landscape in this film that I think Burnham is putting across, that there's not these binaries only in middle school, high school, whatever you may have as a social institution, but there are people there that fit for everybody. And you just need to find it. You need to not look to appease the cherished people in the hierarchies of <laughs> social standards in, again, 8th grade, ninth grade, or whatever it may be. So I think that's an element he actually portrayed pretty well in this film. And I think that's the most genuine thing that comes along. Aside from that, there's some throwaway scenes that I think are just in there for either shock value or to make some kind of ham-fisted commentary on current events. One of which being, they have a very brief simulation of a school shooting, and it adds absolutely nothing to the to, to the story or the narrative. I think it's a gag in there, and I think it's just to have Burnham have the viewers perk their ears up and say, oh look, he put something in socially conscious or relevant because it's an issue today. And yeah, it's an issue today. But again, he doesn't explore it, he doesn't say anything about it, he puts it there as a conversation piece. And, again, if you like that kind of stuff, if you think that kind of suggestive kind of scene is, is topical and it's going to start a great conversation, I would argue that he doesn't put anything there that really gives it any purpose to be there, other than maybe two lines of dialogue in that scene from Kayla. And, again, it's... I just saw it there as a throwaway scene that maybe he put in there to, to appease the kind of standard liberal quota in the, in the circle of Hollywood and producers and whatnot. But I guess I'm not going to fault them too much for that, because that is something that I guess is happening in some schools around the country. Certainly nothing that we really had to deal with in my middle school days, or his, because we were in middle school at the same time. But yeah, I thought that was something a little pretentious and pointless to put in. And that's another thing about this film. He probably could have cut out five to ten minutes of it, because I think at a certain point, I thought it was going to end, but it just went further. And I suppose, again, he's showing the development of this character, of this girl, in her transition between middle school and high school. But again, I, I think the runtime runs a little too long for something of this formula. I think it runs close to two hours, just about an hour and 50 minutes. I will see what the trusty internet has to say about that. And it says it's 94 minutes, which means the pacing was actually unfavorable to itself. So there you go. It's it's not too long, but it's that the pacing doesn't really work here. I would argue it doesn't have that kind of 
liveliness to it that we get in a Napoleon Dynamite kind of film. And now you might be laughing at that, but let's think about it. It really does draw on the, on the same kind of cliches and the kinds of social anxieties and awkwardness that eighth grade is trying to go for, maybe in a slightly less quirky fashion, but Burnham is still pulling on those kinds of oddities and those kinds of peculiarities of middle school adolescence that Napoleon Dynamite was drawing on in terms of high school. I mean, the opening scene of eighth grade has a kid jerking off in the classroom, which, again, I think was a cheap gag, if you want to add that to the list. It's a cheap gag. I didn't find it funny. Uh, I never had a kid in class when I was growing up in middle school jerking off. Thank God. I didn't do it either, I swear, honestly. Um, And I don't think Burnham saw that either, and I don't think many kids do this. And that's another line I draw with the movie. I think Burnham tries to over-dramatize things at the same time while taking it very seriously. He tries to draw on these archetypes, these cliches, and these rites of passages. But then again, there's a kid in the back on his phone jerking off in class. Cheap gag to maybe wake up the audience. You forget about it in two seconds because it's not believable. So there are some tonal qualities here too. That, like, from scenes like that, I think really spark the kind of critical nature in me to say, okay, what does he want this movie to be? And I would say he does want it to be a comedic drama, but at the same time, he's going for this very out-of-nowhere comedy that doesn't belong maybe in a film like this, at least not in my opinion. If it were being staged as some kind of absurd... uh, bizarre type film about eighth grade and adolescence. Maybe I could fess up and say I was wrong there, but no, he's trying to make something earnest here. And when he puts in stuff like that, I think it's, I think it's silly to a detriment. I don't think it helps. And I think that's something he's going to have to work on moving forward. If he's going to make multi-genre film, like films like this, even though drama isn't a genre, remember that. I think he's going to need to flex those muscles a little bit harder And think a little bit more. Maybe this would have benefited from one more rewrite. And I think he would have had a film that was actually this commendable. Because I don't think he has that here. I think he has something that is earnest and that is thoughtful. But I don't think it substantiates its own reputation already. Again, this is one that I wouldn't say is uh, a total bore or dull or a swing and a miss. But what I don't see is something that's going to hold up for years to come. I I don't see something here that people are going to be able to revisit and perhaps add to their favorite films list or even even add it to the best of the adolescent-type films of the last 30 years. Because when you think about it, as melodramatic as they used to be, the John Hughes films even portrayed adolescence and the challenges of that in a much more, much more, I think, realistic and a much more compelling light than eighth grade does i think eighth grade benefits from its stylistics with the with the critics with the again with the hipster pseudo speak and whatnot that i think just needs to go i think it gets in the way of real real character development and real compelling conversations i think he just needs to be a little bit more consistent with his jokes if he's going to put them in there he, he needs to make them a little more organic and stem from the situations Again, I think he just needs to get a little tighter with his writing because in terms of the cinematography here and 
the musical cues and the direction. Yeah, I'll even say the direction. There's there's some competency here. It's it's not a total swing and a miss. But I'm not going to pretend this is one of the best movies of the year just by default and because it came out from A24 and all the critics on Rotten Tomatoes like it. No, I I think there's there's an effort to be appreciated here. But I don't think Burnham understands yet the the kind of language that he's trying to put forth in a film that he's taking very seriously, it seems. Now, I haven't looked into any of his interviews or articles that he might have been a part of promoting this film, but I guess I will now because I'm a little confused as to what he's trying to portray from time to time, aside from the obvious point of just adolescence and growing up in eighth grade. But who knows, you might like this. I think most middle-class Americans that appreciate a, or at least think they appreciate a higher class of film will like this, but I don't think it lives up to the reputation it's getting, the reputation of its studio, and any of the praise that it's been getting this year. I I don't think this is one that's actually going to break through into the award season, not that that means much, but I think at the end of the day, this is one that is maybe one of those feel-good type movies for for the social awkwardness fetishizing that has been going on for way too long. Can we talk about that for a second? We need to get rid of this fetishization of social anxiety or or awkwardness because it's just taken up such a corner of the dialogue in terms of comedy, in terms of popular culture, social media, and whatnot. And I think it's fake. I think it's so fake, I think it's disingenuous, and I think it's played out. I want to say this started up somewhere in the mid-aughts or late-aughts. I want to say like 2006. This is where this whole oh, I'm so awkward kind of mentality came up. And not to say there's 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 no stories to be told about the awkward kid. I mean, most of them are. You look you can look back at plenty of classics from decades ago. Doesn't matter. You can you can call them from any decade you see. And you can see that explored, but I'm talking about the style here. I'm not talking about the characters. I'm talking about the style in which we're portraying this very strange phenomenon in comedy that I really hope goes away because it's all this, again, kind of self-aggrandizing, uh, so I would say self-aggrandizing uh, self-deprecation. Sorry about that. Yeah, big words for me tonight. Self-aggrandizing self-deprecation, I think, is what's going on here. It, it, it's all this kind of congratulatory modesty that's happening in the, in this phase of comedy. I don't know why people find it funny. I think it stifles any kind of real conversation, any real kind of substance with this edgy kind of, again, I'm going to call it pseudo-speak. I hope you guys pick that up because I've just hammered it into this podcast. But yeah, I, I just think it's been really a detriment to traditional comedy and to movies in general over the years. I think they, they use it as a cliche, and it works for way too many movies. I, I don't know why. And this is one of the ones that it works, works for, and I'm not into it. I, I don't think it's good. I think it's lazy. I think it's poorly written. And I think that that brand of comedy just needs to go. I, I, I don't see it living on with any kind of positive reputation, but 
who knows, I'm probably in the minority on this because, I don't know, I tend to be out of the loop on those kinds of conversations. But I have a theory, this probably started back around the time Juno came out with how successful that was, with Michael Sarah kind of like branding that whole act. And he did, that was his thing. He did it, and I think it was gen, genuine of him because you look at him and you get that kind of image, but not with this, and I think it's gone on way too long. And that was 11 years ago, that movie. So 11 years later, this movie drawing on those same kinds of things, eh, wasn't too much a fan of. But again, I have, to, I have to say at the end of the day, there is an admirable effort here from Burnham. I think he has alluded to a brighter future as a writer and director. And hey, again, he's a local guy from my neck of the woods, so I got to give him props there. And I have to say he's he's outlived what I thought was going to be his life in entertainment. He's certainly outdone himself even by just making this film. So... With that said, I am going to close it there. Thanks a lot, guys, for listening. If you want to go to my YouTube, I'm trying very hard to put more content up there. It's like I have a new idea every other day, and then somehow, just in the snap of a finger, time goes by exponentially quickly, and I find myself at a loss for words and for content. But if you do want to follow me on the journey, go to my YouTube channel. That's The Cinematologist, Cinema. T-O-L-O-G-I-S-T. I was the first one. Started that in 2009, so don't let anybody tell you otherwise. And then you can go to my Facebook, which is The Cinematologist's Movie Reviews. You can find me in Laura's Wonderbread's comments on Facebook frequently. You can also find me on Twitter at TheTologist. That's The, T-O-L-O-G-I-S-T trying to make the conversation on that corner of the internet a little more healthy because Twitter in a bad place. And see, it would have been great if Burnham alluded to the negative aspects of these sites and what they're doing to kids these days and putting forth like a false kind of perception of themselves. He doesn't explore that here. He just shows the apparatus and that they use it to communicate or to hide themselves. But it doesn't show the poisonous nature in which they're becoming too uh, too integrated with these with these platforms so anyway I think I'm going to leave it there 8th grade at the end of the day I'd say something I'd probably give a, a 6 out of 10 if you want to give a grade to it but not deserving of the praise I think that it's getting so I think we should look at this one with quite the critical eye because if you take away the veil or the veneer of the kind of hipster awkwardness that is perviating or permeating through comedy the last decade there there's a lot of holes here and hey if you disagree with me i would love for you to comment on this uh, review once it's posted to youtube or maybe even hit me up on my personal channels and uh, yeah we'll have a chat about it but anyway guys i'm gonna leave you to it and until next time watch good movies and <laughs> that's about it that's all there really is to life right <laughs>